Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. You know, I can't say that that was the best performance I've ever seen from the Lions, but compared to the Raiders, Detroit basically looked invincible last night. Even on a sloppy night for them, even on a night where the Lions gave away a free touchdown, they turned the ball over three times, they went one for five in the red zone. I mean, Detroit was pretty sloppy last night. It's just that the Raiders were way sloppier. Like, orders of magnitude sloppier. The Lions, pretty sloppy. Vegas, a massive disaster. Yet somehow they were still in position to steal that game, incredibly enough. And had they stole that game, or at least backdoored the big head and eye, man, they would have been hell to pay. I can't even tell you. The head and I, James Kelly, have been on a reverse heater of sorts. Not just that we were losing games, but how we were losing games, and it looked like it might happen again until we got right late, until the Lions got right late, until the Raiders got all wrong late. I mean, Raiders, yo, are you trying to get Jimmy G killed? Hey, Jimmy, are you trying to get the coach fired? Yo, coach. Are you trying to get Devontae Adams to quit? Because the answer to all of these questions, as always, is yes, apparently. Devontae's reaction on the bench at the end of the game, after he slammed his helmet off the ground, pretty much said it all. Then at his locker during the postgame, he pretty much had nothing to say. But then again, what is there even to say at this point? I honestly, I, I don't know what to say at this moment. I, I truly don't. I wish I had the, the words to, you know, to say something that's not going to get blown up in the media and, and taken out of context. So I'm going to just, uh, I truly, I just don't know. What are you feeling right now? Can you elaborate on anything going through your mind? Frustration, but I mean, that's that kind of goes without saying. Tell you what, he wants to be very careful in the way he chooses his words. Either he can't find the words or he knows exactly what the words are but doesn't want to say them. That's what I'm here for, my dude. I got you. I'll say it for you. Get me the hell out of here. Someone call someone and get me the hell out of here. Please, by some miracle, let me out the door before the 4 p.m. Eastern trade deadline today. I mean, if he had actually said that, would anybody blame him? Of course this dude is frustrated. He was wide ass open all night long and came away with one reception. One catch for 11 yards for one of the premier players in the sport. I mean, it is absurd. Especially since he could have had a 98-yard TD in the fourth quarter when he was, once again, wide ass open. This dude is running all alone behind the defense, and Jimmy just launches the throw into the water coolers behind the bench. I mean, Devontae's got every right to be mad, really mad, and I don't blame this guy at all. The only thing that Devontae can be blamed for was wanting to play for this team in the first place. It was actually his idea. He actually signed up for that garbage. Seriously. Garbage! has to be an all-time example of be careful what you wish for. Devontae must have been like, yeah, I'm leaving Aaron, and I'm leaving the pack, but I want a ball with my dog. 
I want to ball with my dog, even if he's more car than dog. A car. Hello. He probably was thinking, yeah, but you know what, though? Really? How bad could it get? How bad could it be? How bad could it really be? Uh, this bad? Uh, essentially as bad as possible? Let me give you bad. 157 yards of total offense last night. Bad. 77 net passing yards. Bad. And let's not forget, Detroit was fresh off a game where Baltimore put up 500 yards on them and threw for 357. So there's not really much of an excuse for the Raiders not being able to move the ball at all last night. Well, other than they've been complete us on offense all season long. All season long. So really, why would last night be any different? And if they knew how to fix it, they would, right? Am I right, Josh Jacobs? You say it's got to be better. Do you have any ideas or anything you think that could, could spark the offense going forward? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That ain't my job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not wrong. Hey, Chuck, who did that to your head? Was that your lady or did you do that yourself? Can't stop looking at mm-hmm. him. Anyway, I'm not my job. Josh Jacobs is not wrong. It's not his job. And also, he was the only one on offense who did anything last night. He led the team in rushing. He led the team in receiving last night. He scored Vegas's only offensive touchdown. I mean, in addition to all of that, does he have to be the one to fix the rest of the offense too? Yeah, I don't think that's his job. I think that's above his pay grade. Is Josh Jacobs supposed to call the plays himself? Is he supposed to tell Jimmy G how to play quarterback? Is he supposed to snap the ball to himself and then turn around and hand himself the ball and then block for him? Is he supposed to run play action for himself? Is he supposed to pull like a guard and get out in front of him? Is he supposed to run play action and then throw it to himself downfield? The guy can't do everything. In terms of Jimmy G, somebody does need to help Jimmy G on how to do his job, though. It might not be Josh Jacobs' job to fix all those problems, but somebody has to fix Jimmy G. Or help him do his job. Because right now that dude looks absolutely lost. He leads the league in INTs despite missing two and a half games. That's not easy to do. And he plays like his favorite thing in the world is to get sacked. Nobody has ever made Derek Carr seem so dominant. Seem so appealing. The only thing that Jimmy G has over a car is that Jimmy G doesn't cry. And for that to be the result... Of all that effort, pisses me off. Pisses a lot of guys off. I'll tell you what. It's hard. Knowing what if Jimmy G did cry last night, I would not have blamed him for that practice. at all. He did but get the hell beat out of him. Now, thanks, Derek. Luckily for Jimmy, we have all seen Jimmy's backups. And they've been just as awful. So I'm really not sure that his job is really in any kind of jeopardy. I don't think. But Josh McDaniels, man, my poor dude, 
Josh McDee. He's been trending all morning long and not in a favorable way. Lots of different, different trending items such as McDummy, McDumbass. I mean, he's catching a lot of heat. So where does that leave Jimmy G? I mean, yeah, the guy looked like hell last night, but you're not going to bench him, right? You ran Derek Carr to get to this guy. You gave him that contract. We've seen his backups. I mean, Josh, obviously you're not going to bench this guy, right? Josh didn't exactly say that, did he, after the game? There's still nine games to go, you know, so we have a lot of football left. Um, We have played stretches of good football, but, you know, certainly not consistently enough. I'm not going to talk about that right now. Uh, Let's not get into that. Wow. I'm not going to talk about that right now. Given the options that guy has at quarterbacks, he still wouldn't commit to Jimmy G. But then again, do you blame him for that? The hell does that say about Garoppolo that the guy they dumped Carr for and paid? What's that say about him if McDaniels can't even stand in front of all of us and say that he's still a better option than Aiden O'Connell or Brian Hoyer? That's how far Garoppolo has fallen. That's how badly he's playing right now. Pretty horrible state of affairs for the silver and black. A horrible state of affairs in that it really doesn't make a difference, does it? Doesn't matter who they run out there, a quarterback at this point, G, Aiden, or the destroyer who hasn't won in like a decade. Terrible sign for Jimmy, but it also means that swapping one for the other changes nothing because they've all been, to steal a phrase from the big head James Kelly, ass. Let me put it to you this way. Benching this guy is not going to solve the Raiders' problems. And as to how to solve the Raiders' problems, don't look at me. I don't know. Hey there, let me talk to you for a minute about HelloFresh. HelloFresh is where you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your front door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Listen, a crazy schedule can make it easy to fall back into your dinnertime recipe rut. Keep mealtime exciting with over 40 recipes to choose from every single week, so there is always something delicious to discover with HelloFresh. And with so many in-season ingredients, you'll taste all the freshness of fall in every single bite of HelloFresh's chef-crafted recipes. Produce travels from the farm to your door for peak ripeness that you can taste. Given my schedule, I absolutely love HelloFresh. I love how fresh it is. I love the options it gives me. And I know that I'm eating well and it tastes incredible. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Roam and use the code 50Roam for 50% off plus free shipping. Once again, HelloFresh.com slash 50Rome. Use that code 50Roam and get 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh is awesome. In fact, HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. I really don't. I've got a lot of answers, but I do not have the answer to that question. Don't look at me and don't look at Josh Jacobs. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That ain't my job. Don't look at me. Don't look at Josh Jacobs. And don't look like, don't look at Chalk unless you want to look like a vampire. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of turning to stone, dude, if I look at you. I'm afraid I'll end up with that hair. I'm afraid I'll end up like a vampire. This dude's on TV, national TV with that dude. Get it, Chalk.
Chocolate. Chuck's like, what? Why are you making such a big deal out of this? I show up like this every day. True. True. Anyway, Detroit. I know you, Detroit. I know what you're thinking. I know you better than you know you. And this is the part where you run up in here and say, yo, Rome. Yo, Rome. What about us? What about us? Why are you still talking about those losers? And here's what I have to say to you, Lions fans. I'm not ignoring you. I'm not making you wait. I was saving the best for last. Because holy crap, Lions fan, are things amazing right now or are things amazing right now? Not perfect. It was sloppy. You almost let that get away. We almost got backdoored again, but almost doesn't matter. You got that dub. Things are pretty damn good right now, aren't they? No, you didn't play your best game. It didn't matter. When push came to shove, they got it done. How wild is it that you just hosted a sold-out primetime game and played only eight, still won easily, more importantly, covered, to push your record to 6-2. and two. The 6-2 first-place Detroit Lions. How good does that sound? How good does that feel, Lion fan? Even better, Detroit right now is the biggest division favorite, according to Vegas, in the entire league. Right now, Vegas, and Vegas knows, believe me, Vegas knows better than the guys within the sport, obviously. Vegas says the Lions are more likely to win the NFC North than the Chiefs are to even win the AFC West. And best of all for the Lions, how about Jameer Gibbs showing up like he did last night? Now you know why they selected him where they selected him in the draft. Man, this dude was awesome. And that was not just a Jameer Gibbs coming out party. That was a coming out Blowout bash with beer bongs and keg stands and dudes doing backflips from the roof onto the pool into it looking like chalk. People love my Lions fan, you had to be channeling Jim Ursay hard watching Gibbs run wild last night. <laughs> love to see it. Thanks, Alvin. Love to see it. Thank you, Alvin, very much. Thanks, Alan. What I'm talking about here is it's just another weapon Thank for you, this Alan. team and an offense that's already stacked and playing hard and leading the division in favor to win that division. And they're just full of amazing vibes and incredibly rare Lions optimism. In other words, everything that the Raiders are not and do not have. You know what's absolutely mind blowing about the Raiders? This is incredible, really. Even more amazing than the Lions being 6-2 and and in control is that had the Raiders ripped that game, and they could have, by the way. They could have. They had no business, but they could have. Had the Raiders ripped that game, they would have gotten to 500 last night. Somehow this team has won three games. You'd never be able to tell watching them, but somehow they're 3-5 and and they're not 0-8. You tell me, does that look like a 3-5 and five team or an 0-8 team? So, I want to say it's actually not too late to somehow salvage this thing and get it together. It's just that Josh McDaniels doesn't seem to have any answers. Doesn't seem to know how. Josh Jacobs definitely doesn't know how, but it's not his job. 
and Jimmy G looks more uncomfortable and more clueless than anybody. If the autumn wind is a Raider, then the autumn wind is a very sad, very pathetic song right now. And you know. And uh, you know. And you know. Where are you, Michael? Clones, what do you want when you're craving protein or you need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. You want beef, pure and simple. Where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Old Trapper Beef Jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for its relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest. It goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. Clones, if you do not see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper or What's Your Beef. By Micah Hyde. Micah, it's always good to have you on. Micah, how are things? Jim, my man, I'm doing great. How about you? Good, dude, good. In fact, it's been a minute since you and I last chatted, so can you bring me up to date? How are you feeling, Micah, mentally and physically at this stage of the season? And then how do you feel about the team overall? Take your time. I feel great, man. I feel great. Obviously, you just said 5-3. and three. Uh, You know, you had some uh, hiccups along the way, but, um, you know, for the most part, we're, we're you know, big, big uh, – win last Thursday night and, you know, trying to continue and have some have success, you know, come Sunday night against the Bengals. Obviously a very good opponent. They're just coming off a, a huge win against the 49ers. So it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be a good matchup, but, um, you know, I, I feel great. Uh, the team is, is obviously feeling great after, uh, after, after a big win. So, um, we're looking forward to, to Sunday night. We're talking to Michael Hyde. You touched on it, but let me follow up on that really quickly. You're coming off that win over Tampa Bay on Thursday night. It gives you some extra time to rest, recover, maybe even reflect a little bit. What were your biggest takeaways from that win, and can you try to use it as something to build on moving forward? I mean, you can always you can always you know have <clears throat> momentum. Obviously, in this league, is is, is huge. Um, coming off a win like what we did, but yeah, I just think our energy at the beginning of the game. Um, yeah, I kind of you, you kind of felt like we were you know going to win that ball game even when it started. Um, so we continue to have that energy, you know, we'll be fine. And and obviously that's the momentum that we we try to carry into each game. And um, yeah, again Sunday night, that's that's the the mindset and energy that we have to have. Michael, let me ask you something. The team is 5-3 and three right now, so there have been weeks when you guys look great and some weeks when things have not gone as well. It's been kind of a roller coaster. Listen, injuries are a part of this. Absolutely. You are really banged up on the defensive side. I know you don't want to use that as an excuse, but given how banged up the defense is, how do you think that's impacted the season thus far? Um, you know, obviously it's unfortunate. It's, it's a part of the game. Um, you know, injuries happen. I had my you know injury bug last season where I was out the whole year and you know, this year a few key players that you know have been staples around this organization for a while have have gotten hurt. So you know, it's 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 time to adjust, and um, you know that's just the uh, that's the NFL, man. Everybody's a little banged up. Everybody loses players, but you know, ultimately it's not an excuse. And and you know, 
five and three. Yes, is our record. We we had three three losses that we wish we could have back. But at the same time, like this is the NFL, you got to be able to learn from those losses and move on. And you know, guys that are can, that are stepping into play uh, significant roles now got to got to do it. That's their job. And you know, whether we're asking a lot out of them or not, that's that's their job. And we all got to go out there and we got to you know play our A game and compete. Next man up, Bill Safety, Micah Hyde joining us. By the way, always good to get a future Hall of Famer back, right? What's it meant to have Vaughn Miller in your defensive huddle once again? And does it seem like he's getting closer to where he wants to be coming back from his knee injury? Yeah, I mean, obviously it takes time. You know, you're not going to step in day one and, and uh, you know, be playing your best your best ball. I, I, you know, I just touched on my, my injury from last season. It kind of took me a little bit to, to really feel like I was getting back to myself. So he's kind of going through that same thing, and he's – He's uh he's doing it during the season while he's playing, so he's trying to get adjusted. But anytime he's in the he's in the huddle and I look up, I see forty. And and anytime you know, on game day he's getting dressed and and all that type of stuff, it just gives me that extra motivation. I know I, I know Vaughn's going he's going to go out there and do his thing. So he just, it just his presence. Um, you know he has a calming presence. He 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 makes you want to play harder. And, you know, that's, that's one of our leaders on our team. Michael, you mentioned your injury. We're talking about a herniated disc. For those who did not know, you had surgery and you missed all but two games last season. You've made it all the way back. You know, given how quickly things change in the NFL, it really is amazing that you and Jordan Poyer are playing together in the same secondary now for a seventh season. How much does yeah. that experience as a safety tandem help you guys on the field? And then how would you describe your friendship off it? Um, yeah, I mean, I just started on the field. Being able to play with somebody – seven years in the NFL is, is pretty incredible and, and uh, you know, play alongside is is truly amazing. It's been truly a blessing to to have to have him. I think that he's made me better. I've made him better and just the way we continue to, to, to watch film every week and kind of, you know, talk talk ball and, and and talk about what the film, what we see and all that type of stuff each and every week has kinda of got us um, to the point where we just come game time, we just we just react off each other. I know where he's going to be at. He knows where I'm going to be at, and, and that's just something that we've developed over the last seven years. And then off the field, man, I I can't I can't be you know more proud of the, of, of the person that that Poe has become uh, from getting here in 2017 till now. Um, you know, he I've seen him get married. Um, he had a he had a you know young young daughter when we first got here in 17. I've seen her you know be able to grow up and and meet his wife and his family and. Um, you know, he's done the same thing for, for, for my family, see me get married and all, you know, the kids that I have and all that type of stuff. So just off the field, the friendship that we have is going to, you know, it's going to be carried a lifetime and, and I'm forever thankful, you know, so far of these seven years that we spent together. Relationships were everything. Bill Safety, Mike Hyde joining us. So, of course, you're getting ready for Cincinnati to play the Bengals in a rematch of last year's playoff game. From what you've seen so far on tape, does Joe Burrow look fully recovered or near fully recovered from that calf injury? And then what else are you focusing on heading into that game? Well, I mean, if you watch, if you watch the last game, you know, I don't think a uh, – he doesn't look hurt at all. No, he um, doesn't, dude. We, we, yeah, <clears throat> we know what type of player Joe Burrow is, and, and he's a weapon, man. He's he's smart. He's you know he's, he obviously has that calm demeanor. Um, when bullets are flying in a game, he's able to calm down and and get the ball to his playmakers and make big throws um, and all. And, and demand, you know, obviously he demands um, being the the Santa Claus out there. He's he's the one that's getting everything done. So. We know what type of player he is, and he has weapons around him. You know, from the receivers to the running back. Um, you know, it's 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 always a challenge playing against them. We played them obviously in the playoffs last year, and it didn't go our way. So, you know, we're going to watch that film and see what we can do to to correct some things. And I'm sure they're going to do the same to to try to you know 
get us in some bad positions. So um, it's going to be a fun matchup, man. This is what the NFL is all about. Each and every week you have a new challenge. And uh, we've got to say this is our biggest one yet, uh, Sunday night and going into Cincinnati and, and having to, uh, to play against the electric offense. Can't wait. I love that matchup. Absolutely love that matchup. Before you go, Mikey, like you said, he's a weapon. That's a weapon you're going to have to contend with, but you guys have your own weapons that they have to contend with as well. Josh Allen still putting up big numbers, right? He's fourth in the league in passing yards. He's third in passing TDs while also beating the team's second leading rusher. Since you've spent so many seasons delivering big hits and there's been so much made about Josh not taking on every tackler, living to – uh, survive the next play. That aside, how much do you appreciate his willingness to do whatever it takes to pick up the hard yards and move the chains? Man, that's Josh Allen. That's that's him in a nutshell, man. He's going to do everything he can for this ball club. And um, it honestly feels like each and every game, there's some new stat that comes out. Josh Allen is the first person in NFL history to do this or do that or do you know, like it, it's literally every game um, because he does so much for us and. And, you know, yeah, we don't want to see him, you know, take all these hits and all that type of stuff. But knowing Josh, knowing what type of player he is and, and you know, how, how focused and his, uh, you know, going into game days and all that stuff, he, knowing him, he probably he probably likes getting getting hit, you know. Like, he, he like it gets him going throughout the game. It gets him, it gets him wired, you know, he's, he's wired a little bit different, like a defensive player. So, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's what gets him going. So, you know, obviously you don't want to see him take a lot of hits, but – Josh Allen does everything for us, and, and, you know, like I mentioned about Vaughn, another leader on this team, and we go when he goes. Michael, one last thought, quick follow. Like, I, I see exactly what you're saying, and I think that Josh really does understand that availability is your best ability, and he's got to be there, and you don't want to take unnecessary chances. But like, to your point, he's wired that way. I mean, this is who this dude is. Can he really mm-hmm. fully, fully change? Um, you know, I'm going to stay in his ear to, to not take so many big hits. Um, you know, we'll see if he listens to me or not, but, um, he's a competitor, man. One of the, one of the best competitors I've ever been around. He wants to win, um, each and every game. And so, you know, I guess that's, that's a question for him to be asked is if, if he's able to, you know, change and start sliding more. But, but, uh, like I said, I know him, I know him pretty well to know that, if we need to get that first down, he has to lower his shoulder to do it. That's Josh Allen. He's going to do it. Every time. Every single time. The Bills are 5-3 and three right now. Big, big game. In fact, Micah, I just said, our biggest game yet. It's coming up Sunday night against the Bengals in the Natty. Micah, really appreciate you, man. So good to get caught up with you. Thanks for doing it. Good luck this weekend, and always great to have you on this show. I appreciate it, Jim. Hey, you enjoy that weather out there, man. U.S. Cellular knows how important your kid's relationship with technology is, and they have made it their mission to help them establish good digital habits early on. That's why they have partnered with Screen Sanity, a nonprofit dedicated to helping kids navigate the digital landscape. And for a smarter start to the school year, U.S. Cellular is also offering a free basic phone on new eligible lines, providing an alternative to a smartphone for kids. Start smarter with U.S. Cellular. Visit uscellular.com slash built for us to find out more. Restrictions to apply. Visit uscellular.com for terms. We are joined via Zoom by Cameron Bynum. Cam, great to have you on the show. How are you? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm great. How are you doing? Good, dude. Good. Really good to have you. So, Cam, there's so many positives surrounding the team right now, but it's also balanced out by the sobering reality that Kirk Cousins was playing great, great ball, but suffered a torn Achilles on Sunday. I'm curious, what went through your mind when you saw him come off the field, and have you had a chance to check in with him? 
Um, for me, we were for as a defense, we were locked in on the sideline making our adjustments. So when it happened, I didn't even know he went down until after the game. And somebody said, oh, yeah, it was a foot injury. So I was thinking it was something minor and they just took him out of the games. We were up two scores. So I didn't really know what was going on until after the game and everybody's energy was kind of down. And I was like, wait, was it serious? And then they told us that, yeah, it didn't it didn't look so good. So I went on social media and saw that. Yeah, it was a possible Achilles. So just hearing that news and especially not knowing what was going on during the game made it even tougher uh, for me just seeing that our leader and somebody as special as Kirk, that he went down and the way he went went down with an Achilles, that's uh, that's super sad for all of us. So I'm praying for him and his family. But yeah, it was, it's really, that's a, that's a hit for us just seeing somebody like him go through that. And that's that's not easy for anybody. I appreciate that response, Cameron Bynum joining us. So, you know, obviously it's the next man up league, but there's not, I don't know, you tell me I'm wrong. You have to, you have no choice, but there's some guys that are pretty near impossible to next man up. To your point, that was your leader. He was playing great ball. How do you process that and what do you do going forward? Um, it's, it's hard, honestly, um, knowing that the leader of your team goes down. But like you said, it's next man up mentality. And we trust the next man up, and we know that uh, we have a great team around to to hold whoever, um, really to hold each other up. Um, defense, special teams, we really have to carry our weight and make it easy for the offense and, and play complementary football now, even more so than before. But uh, we trust, um, I think Jaron Hall is going to be the next guy up. So we, we trust him 100%, and he's in the NFL for a reason because he's a baller. So we know that he's going to do his thing, but – Still, like we said, it's losing Kirk is never, um, never easy, and it's going to be um, just tough seeing him not suited up. But we we trust the next man up. We know that we're going to be fine as a team, and we have full confidence in in the team moving forward. And we know we're going to get it done. Cameron Bynum is joining us. Let's not understand that it's all about team goals, but you have been playing at such a high level. In addition to leading the team in tackles, you were named the NFC Defensive Player of the Week last week for the first time in your career after you came up with a pair of fourth-quarter picks. How would you slot that game among your personal career highlights? Uh, I think for sure that was the best game of my career, uh, especially against uh, one of the better teams in the league. And I think at the time, um, the Niners were the best team in the league. So being able to come up on, with a big game on Monday night, the only game that's playing, so the whole world is watching, and to have the performance that I did, I for sure ranked that as number one in games of my career. So that was probably the most fun also, just the competition that game, knowing that it was going to be a battle. is one of the most physical games I've played in. And uh, it was one of those games where you're hurting after, but just the excitement of winning it and for me personally playing well, that was that was the cherry on top getting the defensive player of the week. So I was really excited and grateful for that. But it was a battle for sure. No, I bet it hurts a little bit less, a tiny bit less when you win that game. And that was a big stage. You're right. You got the entire nation watching. You've got your peers watching. Do you feel like you've taken another step up this season? And what's been the biggest difference for your individual play this year? Uh, yeah, I for sure think I took the next step in my game. And I feel like it just came with experience. Um as I got drafted, that was my first time ever playing safety. My rookie year when they drafted me, they told me that they were moving me to safety. And I've played corner my entire life, never really taking any reps at safety. So I would just say the experience and really the preparation that it took from my rookie year. Um, played a little, had started a few games, but then started all the games my second season. 
But now really being able to fill those reps through those first two seasons. And now this third season is where I really feel like the game slowed down for me. And this offseason, the biggest thing I worked on was my tackling. And that's where I'm feeling the most comfortable in my game right now. Just, just feeling comfortable with all my angles and tackling. And that just that leads to letting letting more more plays come to you when your your feet are in the right place and when you're taking the right angles. And I just trust that if I take take care of something as simple as tackling and really master that in my game, it'll lead me to more plays. So I, I've been able to see that in my game and really feel comfortable and feel like I've taken that next step and really seeing the game in a different view now and being able to play a lot faster. Cameron Bynum is joining us. That's never easy, man. Never easy to learn a new position on the NFL level. And then on top of that, I mean, the, the Vikings, Cam, are the strangest team in the sense that all of last year, every single week, seemingly, you were in a one-score game, and seemingly in every one of those games, you won. In fact, you did, and then you pick up right where you left off. 11 times last year, you had one-score games. This year, it's already happened seven times. You're a young guy still but is this aging you quicker and do you feel like you've actually been in the league twice as long because you've played in so many close games right it feels like a heart attack every week just knowing that every single time we're, we, we've been on the field has been uh, a heart attack game where it comes down to the last possession or the last few possessions where somebody has to step up but as a competitor you don't want anything other than that you want to always be put in the situations to have to carry your team and be put in a scenario where you can save the day, you can be that hero on the team to make that big play to win the game. So it's been it's been fun for sure, just in my career, especially last season. You said eleven one score games, and we I think we won all of them, or close to all of them. And being able to do that and just feel the expectation of winning, I think it's left a mark on our team to be able to really know that okay, the, these games are close, but we've been here before, and we know that. We can come down with these wins and beginning of this season, we weren't getting those, but now we started to feel closer and closer to that, that comfortability of knowing that we can, we can do whatever we, we want to do as a defense and as an offense and really as a team overall, knowing that who's ever on that, that field last and the game's in your hands, you can do it. Cameron Bynum joining us. Cam, I want to ask you a couple of things before I let you go, and I really appreciate your time. You used that Monday night game against the Niners as a platform to talk about something bigger than football in a post-game interview. You were married in the Philippines in March and are still waiting to be reunited with your wife, Lelaine, who's had visa issues and was unable to travel to the U.S. Where do things currently stand with that? And then how gratifying has it been to get the level of support that you've had since you went public with that news? Yeah, so no new updates. We're still um, looking and waiting for that. Sorry, one second. My phone. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. You're good. Okay, sorry. Yeah, so still no new updates with that. Um, it, but we've been really, really overjoyed with the people that have been able to reach out and uh, really willing to help. So we've had a lot of help from a lot of bigger. Sorry, somebody's blowing my phone up. Uh, we've had a lot of help for sure. So I'm super grateful that we've been able to have those people reaching out and knowing that people are willing to help us in our situation, but no new updates and still working and still staying hopeful that she'll be here by the end of the season, but um, praying for that. And we know that some people are going to be able to help. So we're really, re like I said, really grateful. 
You bet. Cam, one last thought. You know, when you look around the NFL, you see all the players from all the power conferences, which is not to say the Pac-12 isn't, but, you know, major, major programs. I'm a UC guy. I love the fact that you balled at Berkeley, UC Berkeley, and I went to UC Santa Barbara, so I absolutely love the UC system. I will always honk the UC system. I'm curious, what was the Berkeley experience like, and what was it like for you to go to school and play football there? Um, school was hard. I love football. Yeah, it was, dude. No complaints about football. I love the program, the coaching staff, everything about it from top to bottom. But school, school was a challenge for sure, especially being at Berkeley. So that was probably the toughest time academically for me. I came out of high school, 4.0 student or close to it at least, and never had trouble with school. But when I got to college, just being in the big lecture halls, it was a tough adjustment for me, so I, I understood why Cal is a is a top-notch university when it comes to academics. So I was grateful to be able to go there and get my degree, but it was a challenge. And But I think it's built me, and I've, especially being out of college now, I feel like I've learned so much. And when you're going through it and you're struggling through school, you may not realize how much you're learning through that whole, through the whole thing, because you're just trying to, you're just trying to pass your classes. But now that I look back on it, and remember stuff I I went through in college um, academically. I, I realized how much I learned and how much I grew through college. So it was it was tough academically, but um, I enjoyed it. And I for sure, yeah, I for sure do it all over again if I could. And I, I yeah, I love Cal and can't wait to be back over there and visit the team and just go back to campus and see it again. Hey, bro, when I went to UC Santa Barbara, I went to school with some really smart people, really smart people. None of us got into Cal. Cal is a world-class institution. <laughs> Seems to me you got a lot of plans still ahead of you in the NFL, but nobody can ever, ever take a diploma from UC Berkeley from you. You've always got that. That is something to be right. extremely proud of. That is an amazing school. Camp, great to have you on the show. Really appreciate it. I know you're coming off a big week, and there's plenty more still to come. So it's great to talk to you, man. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Larden, gonna lard. And guess what? The tactic still works. That tactic still works as well as his once patented step back did back in the day. And that was almost unassailable. He never missed that shot back in the day. Just like the fat suit never not works. Because the guy that many of you have glossed, James Larden, jumped right back into that fat suit. And once again... He got exactly what he wanted. Why does he keep rocking that fat suit? Because it keeps getting him out of situations that he doesn't want to be in into more favorable situations because it works. I mean, who better to kick off the NFL trade deadline day than my guy Woj with a Larden bomb like he did this AM? After a month-long months-long standoff between Larden and his ex-old best friend, Daryl Morey. The man he called a liar, remember? His guy. Then he He's called a liar. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. That's not a lie. I mean, the first part might be, but him saying, I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of is not a lie. Like, he got what he wanted. So he may think that Morey's a liar, but the so-called liar gave him exactly what he wanted. A trade to the Clippers. Here are the details. And as anything that involves Larden, you know they are not small. Larden, P.J. Tucker, who I still love, 
I'll love P.J. Tucker when he's 80. I'll always love that guy. Philip Patrushev. They're headed to the clip show. Marcus Morris. Man, my man Marcus Morris bounces around a bit. Marcus Morris. Robert Covington. Nick Batum. K.J. Martin. A 2028 unprotected first-round pick. Two second-round picks. A 2029 pick swap. And an additional first-round pick that's going to be routed to a third team. Wow. I mean, that that's a fat deal. No pun intended. And again, Larden got exactly what he wanted. Like he always does. Like he always does. And Clipper fans, not only that, but in the end, you get to keep Terrence Mann, the player that many believed the Sixers had to have. So, Harding gets what he wants, but does this make the Clippers the team to beat? In a word, no, it does not. Far from it. It conceivably improves them. I'll give you that. But Vegas still thinks that it does not make them the ones to beat. It makes them better. They were 17-1 to to win it all before that trade, and now they're 12-1. to So they've got their guy, but they're still looking up at the likes of Boston, Milwaukee, Denver, Phoenix, and they're just ahead of the Lake Show. So if they made that deal to finish ahead of the Lakers, maybe it works. If they made that deal to win it all, it's probably not going to work. And why doesn't this make them the ones to beat? A couple of reasons. Number one, Larden is not the player he used to be. Nobody's going to argue that. He's not. Yes, he led the league in assists a year ago, but that generational scorer that he was for so long, that dude has left the building and he's not coming back. Yeah, he can get you 40 once in a while, but he's not the guy he was. And no. Larden, don't get pissed. Don't call me a liar like you did Maury. It's true. What I'm saying is true. You yourself have to know deep down that you are a shell of yourself, especially when it comes to getting a bucket at any time you want. That you used to be able to do for years. You could always get your own whenever and wherever you were. Well, except in the postseason. That never really happened. Now, I mean, I would say you were exposed in the playoffs the last couple of years in Philadelphia, but let's be honest. When have you ever been able to get what you want when you want and show up in the postseason, big fella? So, yes, the Clippers are better today, but they still have major concerns. Number one, he's not what he used to be. Number two, how are these pieces even going to fit? Anybody stop to think about that for a minute? Hard to imagine with Larden, Westbrook, Kawhi, and non-playoff Paul. All on the same court at the same time. How's that going to work? More importantly than whether or not they can make this thing gel and mesh and fit is the health of their alphas. That's the most important thing. Can their true alphas, Kawhi, and non-playoff P, stay healthy for an entire season? Well... Can they stay healthy enough to get to the postseason and be healthy throughout that postseason? That's the biggest question. Now, if they can, if somehow that team gets to the postseason in relatively good health, they could be extremely interesting. I'll give you that. Credit to my guy, Lee Jenkins. I don't know exactly. By the way, Lee, I miss you, man. Proud of you, but I miss you. 
I'm not sure exactly how involved he is in all of this. Being that he's one of the smartest guys I've ever met, he should be all over all of it. But that, that aside, I think they've built enough depth that they can make a deal like this and still have the dudes they need in the nucleus and the core to remain competitive. Credit for that. But I'm still not sold. They're better. But that does not vault them to the top of the West. Far from it. Now, Philly fan, where do you come out on this? I'm sure you're pretty hot. I actually do not hate the deal for you, Philly fan. Yeah, I hate that you couldn't get Terrence Mann. And I know you're hot about that. Fair. But what you did get is a few future draft picks, one not protected. You got some expiring contracts. And you're going to have some cap space. Let's face it, even with Larden, you were not going to compete with the elite in the East. In fact, you fell flat on your face even with Harden. Even with Harden, it was not going to work. And he didn't want to be there anyway. You had to get rid of him. So if you're going to keep Troel, you have to come up with another plan to get another alpha to run with him. And if anybody can do it, it's Daryl Morey. And he has some assets. He has some assets to work with. And on top of that, they have a dude in Tyrese Maxey who looks like a freaking stud. Maxey looks a hell of a lot closer to that alpha than the guy that Larden is today. What I'm saying, Philly, is this might not be the worst thing. This might be a good thing. Now you have max salary space this summer to either sign somebody or use it to trade for another running mate. Trust me. Trust me, you can find somebody better than a 34-year-old Larden, who we all know 34. is not going to age well. He's not aging well. This dude is something else, though, man. When I look back at this guy and the career he's had, that patented move of just throwing on the fat suit whenever he's unhappy, it's incredible not only that he does it, but that it works every single time. The fat suit is quickly moving up, as I mentioned, among the association's greatest signature moves of all time. When I mentioned to you, hey, tell me a great signature move, an unguardable signature move, an iconic signature move. What comes to mind? Ionic. Kareem Skyhook, the Dream Shake, AI's crossover, the Larden fat suit, all unguardable entities that can get their own whenever they want. And so there's more. Only in L.A. Only in L.A. How hype is this? Another Westbrook-Harden reunion. Because that works so well in Houston. There are not going to be enough toilets in the new Balmer house to keep up with this mess. Toilets! 1,160 toilets! 1,160? Go ahead and add another 4,000. And yes, clones, I am well aware that the stripper industry has been popping champagne since Woj dropped that bomb last night. And no, that was not an earthquake that you felt last night. That was all the strip clubs in the greater L.A. area jumping up and down at the same time. Measuring a 6-4 on the Richter scale. And then after that, those were not aftershocks. That was the trickle-down from all the restaurants in and around crypto. 
What's your reaction to the trade? Let's see what we got here. Shaquille, Rome Neal. See, my bottom line reaction, he had to go. There was no way he was going to stay. He had to go. And then he made it clear he wanted to go to the Clippers. So Daryl Morey waited, waited, waited until he found something that was good enough, something that he can accept, something he could work with. I actually sort of like that deal for the Sixers. And I think that it improves the Clippers, but let's not get crazy. It does not make them the team to beat. It makes them better. This says, Shaquille Romneal, I know the Sixers received a bag of chips and a condom that Alvy pretended to put on. But the Clippers lost this trade. Blames Frauden and Russell Dressbrick will flame out in the playoffs while Payne George and Kawhi play will be in street clothes by March. The Clippers are going nowhere via the fee. War Larden asking for a trade by the All-Star break. I don't think any of that is out of the realm of possibility. I don't think any of that's unfair. That's my concern. Today, they're a better team. Today. But today is October 31st. We have to see about the fit. We have to see about the health. It's a lot of strong personalities. And one big fat suit. Brian and San Pedro. Harden! What's good? Harden, what's good? How many you got, fat boy? I got some donuts for you, fat boy. Krispy Kreme, fat boy. Son, those two LA fans welcoming Harden to the Clippers. Hey, Alvin, why is Boogie so fat? Man, I'm still kind of scared of Boogie. That heckle is too good not to play. Hey, 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 fat boy. Krispy Kreme, fat boy. What, like an NBA player was going to run up into the stands and leave the game and his teammates in order to get a couple of Krispy Kreme donuts? I'll kill him myself. Yeah, I'm going to make that flat. Go ahead and get out of town. It's disgusting. Uh, was almost severed off. The angry Whopper. Goes picking that on the All day. Burn it all. I'm not afraid of you. Andy. Like watching sausage. My skin is cold. Someone call Jesus Christ. Good night now!